ポッドキャストです。Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanhole's Sentai Saturdays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC to some of you, and we're doing another exciting, fun episode of Sentai Saturdays. Joining me tonight are two of my favorite guys. Why don't you give a shout out? Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Tony. I don't have a witty opening. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Jan. You know me as Airhammer. And looking forward to talking some Rangers. Cool. Yeah, speaking of that, I know I know this is dubbed Sentai Saturdays, but I just thought it'd be fun to share with the listening audience some Power Rangers stuff that happened to me recently. I went down to the San Jose toy and comic show that they have like every, I don't know, they have it like maybe every six months or something like that. Like, it's kind of like bi-yearly or something and normally they get some cool guests and stuff and I, I mentioned on one of the other podcasts for one of my awesome things was when I went down there one time I met John Saxon and got his autograph and everything but about a week ago I went down there and Steve Cardenas aka Rocky the replacement Red Ranger the blue Zeo Ranger was on site there and he was chatting it up with his fans and all that kind of stuff and I did stop by and we did chat about the pachinko episode for a little bit and i got his autograph and he was a nice guy so you know i just thought that'd be of interest to folks that listen to sentai saturdays because power rangers definitely goes hand in hand with that you you can't help but if you're you know an american fan to talk about power rangers when you're talking about sentai so i just thought that'd be a fun little thing to share with the listening audience that's that's cool that after 20 years rocky still just wants to have fun Oh yeah, he does. He does. He was. He was. He said. He was like, "Oh, at the time, man, I was so self-conscious," and I was like, "Oh no, it's no big deal. Just have fun." I go, "All my friends, all my buddies, Tony and Justin, they love that episode." He was, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not self-conscious now. I'm a badass now." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." Is, is he, That's why he is he aware yeah. of the meme GIF, the one that has him dancing around and stuff. That's like one. Of the- I, I I have no idea. I did not bring up the meme GIF that uh, you know of him dancing around. But yeah, yeah I'm sure it's no big deal. Awesome. So so tonight we're we're picking up where we left off. The last episode, all the children's souls were in great jeopardy. They were in great peril. We were speculating on whether the children would be alive or dead by the time we got to this conclusion episode. And so this is episode four. And uh, according to the Ranger Wiki, the title is We're Naive mm-hmm. with a couple exclamation points. So that's the episode we're going to be discussing tonight. Basically, like, it, it kind of opens with a recap of the last episode. So, you know, it's it's got the whole, you know, explanation of how the key jester has been running around, stealing the souls of children, and then he's been using them to bring these puppets to life. And I guess the the punchline for all the die rangers is that old master John Lennon, or Kaku, as he's called in the show... <laughs> He was he was testing his team, you know, he was testing the Die Rangers, and just like Professor X is a jerk 
I guess, you know, Master John Lennon is a jerk because he's like, this is unacceptable. You have failed, you know, because all the die rangers are like, you know, I don't want to train, you know, like, and, and of course, I guess they paid the price for that. So, you know, they, and they, they did not, you know, help these kids in the last episode and everything. And, and, you know, Daigo, that character is kind of pissed off about that and everything. And the, the, the children are still in comas. So, you know, they're, they're going to visit them at the hospital. And most of the Rangers at this point seem pretty despondent. Like, it seems like, I don't know, what kind of vibe did you get from them at this point in the show? Because I kind of thought, like, they, they almost seem to give up rather easily. It's almost like, okay, we, we messed up. Oh, well, like, all the kids are in a coma. Just... Yeah, kind of half and half. Uh, they want to help them. They don't want to train. They, they. I don't know. The whole thing was just so creepy. Maybe they got the same vibe. You know, you, you, they're starting off the whole thing in the, the diner again, and then the puppets are attacking a carnival, and they're taunting them, and there's gunfire yeah, everywhere. And yeah, it's definitely strange. It's not something that you'd see on like a, the American Power Rangers show, yeah. where you're like they they both spot the teddy bear puppet and he's on the skateboard but then it's like the teddy bear and santa are holding up some poor vendor at the county fair with like a pistol it's like santa's got a pistol and i think my favorite part was in all this chaos because like you know these puppets are hijacking they're carjacking they're they're you know they're taking over cars they're setting off like little fire bombs in the trash cans like all this kind of hijinks is going on with these these i guess puppets infused with the souls of children that are evil puppets and then my favorite part is they they seem to be going out of their way to make children unhappy so you can see little kids crying because they've taken over their swings or they've you know taken certain things away from them and my favorite part was one of them steals a little kid's tricycle and it's uh, basically an unauthorized crossover between Sentai slash Power Rangers and My Pet Monster because the My Pet Monster is riding off with the little kid's tricycle as he's like crying like don't take my tricycle. <laughs> my Pet Monster. He's bigger than big. When he fights battles, he always wins. And he's your friend too. He breaks his chains. Put him on you and break away too. With My Pet Monster, you're busting loose. He's big and scary. <laughs> He's your friend, too. My pet monster plays all day. Tough. Awesome. Looking great. And all your friends will want him for their friend, too. My pet monster has breakaway chains from Amtoy and American Greetings Company. That was my that was my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> well, as far as the Rangers go, I think, like, I mean, we're still really early in the series. Yeah. It's been kind of established that some of these guys aren't even sure if they want to be Die Rangers, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're all kind of noobs. They're all like Kyle Rayner five minutes after he, he got the Green Lantern ring, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the only one who's really like hardcore about it is, like you said, Daigo. He's like the only one who's like, we must be Rangers, you know? And the other ones are like, they, they go back and forth between, oh, I've got power. This is awesome, man. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I guess you know Master Kaku is trying to teach them like you have to be calm in the middle of a crisis, and he's like, "Come on in, guys. Let's all meditate." And then they're kind of like, "Wait, what are you talking about? Like, why are we gotta meditate? We gotta go out there and like stop these crazy puppets, you know?" And he's like, "All right, chill out. Like, I'm trying to teach you guys something." And then it it was kind of a little trippy. Like, it's like they all you know, I don't know, did some acid or something because they they. <laughs> They sort of have this weird flashback, but kind of time travel sequence, but it's kind of like a Doctor Strange 
astral form meditation sequence where they go to China, apparently, but it's like it's like the wastelands of China and it's all ancient and stuff. Like they're it, it almost seemed like they went to Egypt or something, like some place where there would be a lot of uh, ruins and relics and everything. And so this is one of the first times besides Ryuseo that you're seeing hints of more Zords to come on this show. So they're kind of like wiping off all these hieroglyphics and you see all these different, I, I would kind of describe the unifying theme as like, they're kind of like mythological creatures or fantasy based animals. I mean, would you say that's accurate? Yeah. One of the biggest, biggest differences is in uh, America, the Yellow Ranger Zord is like a griffin or something like that. That's what they yeah. call it. Yeah, griffin. Yeah, and then like, is it is it is it more like a food dog in this one, or is that the other one, the Blue Ranger? No, that was unicorn. Yeah, okay, that was unicorn. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, they they do more Chinese kind of things instead of just like you know. And what was the Lion Zord? I forgot the Lion Zord. Was he still a lion? Yeah. Okay, black line, yeah. But yeah, the, the, the griffin one is not really a griffin, which, which is, I mean, nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's like, you know, more tied into, like, the mythology and stuff. But yeah, 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 I guess saying, Derek, it's more, you know, kind of a fetal era kind of group of... Uh, yeah, because, I mean, you've got, I mean, basically, like, for all intents and purposes, Ryuseo is, is a dragon. He's a big red dragon, you know, and then you look at some of the other ones where you're talking about, oh, it's a unicorn and a phoenix, and, you know, and you, so you're kind of like, oh, okay, like, these aren't, you know, to my mind, I'm like, these aren't necessarily real animals, even though I guess they may try to present them as such, but I guess after they sort of uncover all this information, it seems like, at least at this point, the entire team kind of has a newfound resolve, and, and Master Kaku did his job, and so now you've got the Die Rangers fighting against these Gorma guys who I just like to refer to as like the tuxedo Gormas because I think they <laughs> look like they're in tuxedos. You know, they're all kind of black and white, you know, and very, you know, skin tight, but but it looks like they're in their tuxes. <laughs> and Key Jester is owning all these other Die Rangers, and then they call on Ryuseo. I guess Daigo's been trained by Master Kaku to use all these illusions and stuff. And so this is one of the scenes I think that Jan had pointed out to us as a group. He said, oh, hey, by the way, there's this scene where the Key Jester's monster character is actually on Power Rangers where he's trying to open up a door. But I guess on Power Rangers, like the scene is where he just he's opening up like a gateway for, I guess, some of the other bad guys or something like that. And I think he's fighting like the White Ranger or somebody. But in this, like it's it's definitely Daigo who's fighting him. And then, you know, he basically sort of tricks him. He he makes this door that the key jester can't open. So it kind of foils his very purpose, you know, as as a as a monster, you know, he can't open the door and he's the key jester. And then he basically, you know, gets to, you know, redeem himself like it's kind of his conclusion to his spotlight episode where he kind of lays the beginning of the victory blow. And then all the, the five rangers kind of do this you know, what I'm referring to is it's their super move, but it, to me it looked like it was like a five-way Hadouken, you know, and they, mm -hmm. they take out the key jester. And, and when they do that, basically all the puppets that have the souls of the children do return, and so Kaori and all these folks wake up and everything. So thankfully, you know, there you know I know in some in the past we've speculated that things may get a little darker on some of these Sentai shows because it's, you know, written for a Japanese audience, so it might not necessarily have all those, you know, family-friendly happy endings, but in this case, we, we do get that kind of 
happy ending. I, so yeah. I was like, I, 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 okay, I, really do, no. I do like the fact that, like, when Dago goes after the key jester, he goes to, like, different location, and it's like the key jester just, like, chilling out with a patio umbrella and having a nice drink and just chilling out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, hello there. <laughs> I'm the most interesting key jester in the world. How are you? <laughs> Well, he is—he is fairly effeminate, and and he definitely has a certain level of personality. I think that you 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 don't always get when the actors are suited up. You know, the fact that he can transfer back and forth between the sort of you know suited monster identity, and then he can just be an actor. You know, in some kind of human form, you get a lot more personality from that character. And I don't—I mean, you know, I I, I don't remember that happening that often in the American Power Rangers series. Like, if you usually saw a monster, you know, uh, you would it was a see the monster, yeah. you know, like, for the most part. I mean, they, you didn't often have somebody posing as, as a, you know, a human being going to Ernie's and going, haha, I'm the purse monster, but in my human form, <laughs> I look like this, and I want a pizza, and I'm going to make Ernie serve me a milkshake, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. That didn't usually happen, so. Yeah, their monster form was, I'm going to turn into a cat. <laughs> I'm cat, and I turned into a cat. Get it? Anyway, but yeah. No, I get what you're saying, though. Like, the monsters didn't have alter egos. They were just, like, you know, like, whatever Key, key Jester was in Power Rangers, whatever his name was, he was just a fucking Key Jester. That was, he was in costume the whole time. He wasn't... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't do the whole alter ego thing. I, I did feel bad for the puppets, though, at the end, because... They didn't even, like, get, like, a a, hit, a big send-off. It's just all these puppets, like, you know, sitting there around this uh, workshop, and they're just like, I feel myself fading. Well, shit. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, because I, I was just happy that the kids were going to wake up from their comas. I, I don't think I prioritized the the feel-bads of the, the puppets over the... Oh, I didn't feel bad children. for them. It's just that they, they, were just, they were just gone, you know. They are like, bam, you know, no, no fighting or anything like that. Did you did you guys like the fact that this was this actually has like I guess Saban you know took this from the Sentai episodes because they, he had the footage obviously but also a lot of a lot of people point this out as a selling toys mechanic where you know we we finish off a monster without you know using the Megazord this one is just a Hadouken like I said there's no big guns or anything like that but was it kind of cool to finish off a monster? Again, without the big Zords yet, because we haven't even got to like them getting the rest of their Zords yet. We just have Ryo's. What's his name? Ryo. What? Oh, Ryose. Ryose. Or Ryuseo. Ry- right. Ryuse, yeah. yeah. That, that's the only one we have. We just have the big dragon. We don't have the rest of the team yet. So, was that kind of cool to see these guys do that and like you know just take it take care of the monster on their own without the robots? Yeah. Like they did. I think they do this in every series. So as it starts out, because it happened in Mighty Morphin when they were taking on the Minotaur. Because that was the episode where they were debuting the power weapons, and they finished them off with a blaster. Rangers, the time is right to bring these weapons together. Your team must act together. That's one. Good morning, guys. Let's do it. Right. Perfect. Power axe. Power blow. Power daggers. Power lance. Power sword.
Yeah, and so this is this this kind of five way Hadouken is almost the equivalent of that, right? Where they yeah. sort of throw up the bow and all those weapons and make a big mega super bow or whatever <laughs> that is, where it takes out the bad guy and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that's a cool you know, I mean that's that's sort of an alternative trope because in those early Sentai's like the, the Go Onger and stuff before it was Super Sentai, it they didn't have any Zords or mechs or whatever you want to call them, so they, they had to do like their their weird super move where I remember I think one of the things I saw in a movie of Go Onger was like they have a ball and it was kinda like they were playing like kickball hacky sack or something <laughs> and they they kick the ball around, and then when the ball finally like gets launched at the the monster, you know, and then it kills it, you know, and it explodes and stuff. So instead of mm-hmm. you know, instead of you know, doing kind of you know what I guess most Americans might perceive as like a Voltron thing or whatever, they, they instead they kind of played hacky sack with a big rubber ball that explodes the monster. So this is kind of equivalent to that trope. I mean, it seems like they just want to take their time with it. You know, they don't want to rush into. I, I think. To them, the the Megazord, uh, you know, for lack of a better term in Sentai, is is like the money shot, you know. So you wouldn't you wouldn't have any other place to go if you just. I, well, I mean, I, I I'm sure they do it in the American series sometimes, where they're like, "We can't wait for this stuff, Larry. We gotta show the kids the toy right now," <laughs> you know. And then on the first episode, they all turn into the big. Zord right away, but I mean, there there is something to be said for milking it, you know, and or or at least taking your time with it. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like when you when you revisit early episodes of Voltron. It's like they don't turn into Voltron like right away. Like you you sort of have to earn it, you know. You got to wait for a couple episodes before it actually happens. So mm-hmm. yeah, because like when they when they got the Thunder Zords and Power Rangers, it was just like. Oh no, the Megazord is going to hell, and then they like ended it on a cliffhanger. In the next episode, oh no, the like Megazord is a Thunderzord. Cool, <laughs> did it. <laughs> this does remind me, actually, y'all would probably agree. It does remind me of the the horrible way they handled it in the Power Rangers movie, and the much better way they handled it handled it in the uh, Ninja Zord episodes, where they actually had to go on a quest and they had to go to the Ninja Temple and find Ninjor and get like you know actually get the Ninja Megazord instead of just, like, you know, going and visiting Bikini Chick on Indoor and, you know. <laughs> hey, there's there's nothing wrong with Bikini Chick. Yeah. Nothing wrong at all. Nothing wrong at all. Visually, <laughs> visually of course. But, you know, I, I do agree with you, Derek, though. I do, I do like the kind of darker tone this takes. Justin has said it a couple of times. I'm sure Jan has probably mentioned it as well. It's... it's in Japan, this is not considered an adult show, even though it has a darker tone. It's considered like a tweens, you know, kids show. Yeah. But it's still, even even then, you can still see a whole lot more seriousness to it. I mean, like, even though it's kind of shown in kind of a cheesy, kind of, you know, silly special effects way, at the same time, the monster is stealing kids' souls, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and the little Santa Claus puppet has a handgun, so yeah. it's, it, there are those moments where you're just kind of like, whoa, like this is not something that they would, you can just see them going, we can't use this footage, Larry, no good, <laughs> you know, like you, I can mm-hmm. just see all of them now, you know, where, you know, there's certain things about those plots that, you know, quote unquote would not translate. I mean, they translate, but they're just, they're a lot more heavier and kind of serious, so. I, I know you said you were like, you know, you kind of like Daigo, in the first few episodes, did he kind of come through for you in this one since you seem to kind of dig him and stuff, Derek? Yeah, yeah, he was good. I mean, he, he, he stuck with his guns, at least. I mean, I, I think his he, he felt bad because the kids were, 
you know, they had their souls taken, like sort of like I think we all do. You know, that's that's why we're talking about it and why we were anticipating what was going to happen, which is, you know, the sign of a well-written show. You know, you put certain characters in peril and jeopardy. And, you know, if you set those characters up pretty well, you know, you definitely feel for them. But the only the, the only criticism I would level is it seems like there was so much of that going on, so much of the plot and then the fight at the end. It would have been nice if they could have spent like a minute or two, you know, other than, oh, they're waking up now. Duke's out of a coma. Yo, Joe. <laughs> you know, and then and then they just kind of cut to a five shot of them, you know, walking kind of determined, you know, into the camera. But, you know, it would have been nice if Daigo could have been like, you know, get a little scene where it's like, thanks for, you know, uncomaing us, big brother, you know, or something, you know, just some some sort of validation of his tenacity in the situation, you know, but, but I guess, you know, maybe, maybe from a Japanese perspective, you don't, you don't do things, you know, good things to get praise, you know, you just do good things because it's the honorable thing to do. So, but I, I still would have enjoyed maybe just, you know, I'm not saying it has to be like a whole episode with Daigo and the kids and they go get, you know, milkshakes and have fun together, but, but just, you know, a minute or two, you know, where it's like, Oh, he goes to the hospital. Oh, they give him a high five. And then that's, that's it, you know, but it would have been nice. Are you guys enjoying the kind of, uh, actually, I'm sure Derek enjoys this because he's a big fan of the sixties Batman TV show. Do you kind of like the whole two parter thing where it's like, you know, next week will, you know, will they save the children? Will Daigo like get his like, you know, chance at glory, you know, <laughs> tune in same Die Ranger time, same Die Ranger channel. You know? <laughs> I, I do like that it doesn't always fit the formula that you you may have become accustomed to, you know, with the American interpretations. Because I, I I don't know if it's just a stereotype or anything. I'm sure there's, you know, obviously there are two part episodes of Power Rangers where it's like, oh, it's the White Ranger episode, and who is the White Ranger, and like we don't already know, and tune in next week, yeah, you know. It's and always like a big deal. It wasn't just one monster, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I'm I'm enjoying the show. And and as far as being extended into, like, multi-episodes, well, that's kind of cool because it brings a level of continuity and you can tell fuller stories. You know, you don't have to be confined to the 22 minutes. Yeah, it does kind of break up the trope of, like, Monster of the Week, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and kind of like what you guys were talking about before, the the way that those monsters are dispatched doesn't always have to be the same either. Yeah, more, more creative ways of dealing with the threat and stuff. And, and like you said, Derek, you actually get, like... You know, you get inside the mind of a monster. You know what I mean? Like, you actually, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, instead of just him being like, "I'm here, I'm big, I died." You know, now it's like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's an art to perform in something like that. I mean, I remember taking classes on masks and classes on, you know, basically like when you're as an actor, your tools are your body and your face and your expressions and your eyes and everything. And when those tools are sort of cut off, you know, I mean, especially in the case of, you know, your face and your eyes and all that kind of stuff. That's why every time they do a superhero movie, everybody's, you know, reluctant to actually have the characters wear a mask for the whole movie because those tools of the actor are cut off. And But there are ways to perform when you're wearing a mask. I mean, there's special training that you, you know, can get and classes you can take and different things like that. And there's certain styles and forms of, you know, theater where that's done, you know, whether it's like something like, you know, Kabuki where they're all in makeup or anything like that. Or in this case, they've got all the suit actors. And I mean, you know, there's other ways that they can express themselves. Obviously, you know, 
in these shows, it's very over the top because you're, you know, you've got all these different layers of, you know, suit on. So it's not like you can sort of, you know, just grit your teeth and then that registers as angry. It's like the guy has to sort of like shake the whole suit and, you know, wring his hands back and forth in a sort of gratuitous manner. So, you know, he's, you know, he's pissed off now, but you know, the whole morphing back and forth to the two different identities gives that opportunity for at least one actor to use those tools of the eyes and the, the expressions and that kind of stuff. Well, even the Rangers do that, like, you know, especially when you watch the Sentai footage, when they're in their costumes, you know, you see very, very expressive, like, thumbs up, we're doing good. Do you understand? Yeah. Shake your head up and down, yes, you know? <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, make sure it's 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 a gratuitous kind of accentuated motion because it, otherwise you don't really communicate that. It's It's kind of the opposite of the way people are trained to act on film. You know, most people are trained to act very subtly. It's It's like if you come from a theater background, they think you do too much. You know, because on the theater, it's from far away. A lot of the times you're on a big stage with, you know, people not basically looking at you from an HD television screen. So, you know, some of those gestures are a little more grandiose in a sense. But then, you know, in terms of if you had a big mask on your face, whether you're being recorded or not, you know, like, you know, some of those simpler, more subtle gestures, they they can't be read through a mask. So, of course, you have to do this kind of, you know crazy kind of not up and down like you really really are into it you know kind of motion so yeah that minotaur is history here's the plan we corner the minotaur and give him a taste of our weapon if that doesn't work we bring them together and give him a blast of our mega power you with me right we're with you all the way yeah so uh Jan, you were saying you got like a bunch of different pages up on on the episode and everything is there any special like Thing that we may have missed uh, with this episode in particular, like any kind of Easter eggs or things that that uh, people listening might be interested in hearing about. The episode itself is really short when you really think about it. Like, not a whole lot happens. It's start out with the puppets, do the whole meditation, and then it's take on key gesture, and it's over before you know it. Yeah, yeah. These these episodes are only like if you watch them on like. If you don't watch them on YouTube, you should totally pay for them. But if you watch them on YouTube, they're, they're under 20 minutes usually. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah, it's because of commercials and stuff. I mean, that's, that's a normal, like, TV show that's a half hour or so. Yeah, I, I, I see what Jan's saying, though, because the even even giving the, the brief synopsis, it felt super brief because the, the episode moved so quickly. I mean, there there are certain points that, that had to happen, but there there was a great deal of action in those points. And, and the actual basic plot is that they, they meditate, they, you know, kind of regain their composure, they, they sort of lay the seeds for discovering these these other, for, like I said, for lack of a better term, because I don't know the Sentai term, and all the angry Sentai fans can send us emails, but, you know, the Zords, basically, is what I, they sort of uncover. I think they called them uh, Kyren Beasts, was that it? Yeah, Kaiden Beasts Kaiden, or something. Kaiden Beasts, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, so they're discovering, you know, they're kind of laying the groundwork for those Kaiden Beasts and stuff like that, and, you know, and then, you know, basically the key gesture's defeated, so I guess the, like I said, my only reservation with the episode was I, I would have liked just a touch of follow-up with with the kids because we spent so much time with them in the previous episode you know with the <laughs> little girl yeah, and her brother girl, and yeah, yeah. you know all that kind of stuff so it would have been nice just to you know like i said just a minute or two of like hey this is 
okay now we're we're playing ball and we're not running into the street and everything's happy or something you know mm-hmm. like that kind of well I, th- I think it goes back to like the the reference I made to Batman in the sixties episodes you'd usually have the first episode and it's like Batman figuring out what I don't know bookworms like big plan is and then like you know he goes through the, like the def- detective work. He goes to the back computer. Is like, you know, bookworm likes books. He's like, that's it, of course, you know. And <laughs> and then they spin that whole thing, and then you get into the big trap at the end, and it's like, will Batman escape? And then usually the second part is more action packed. They give you like that big payoff. So I mean, you know, yeah, it would have been nice to have a better resolution, but I, I think that's kind of like the the formula. It's like the first episode, you do get that backstory, you do get that kind of. You know, here's why this is going on. Here's what's happening. Instead of, like, Power Rangers, where you get that in the first, like, seven minutes. You know, it's just like... Right, right. Yeah. So. And 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 this that would account for this episode being a lot more action-packed, because they kind of... They've, they've set up the groundwork in the previous episode, so they can kind of just go balls out on the action scenes and, you know, the kind of chaos that those puppets perpetrate, you know, on, on the citizens of Japan, the poor citizens whose trash cans got firebombed and all those little kids whose uh, bicycles and <laughs> swings and stuff got stolen. I, I will say again, I know we, we mentioned this in the uh, previous episode where this first started taking place, but dear God, even even the My Pet Monster, they're just really creepy. The effects guys, the practical effects guys did a very good job of making them seem very malicious and very cruel, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're not they're not explicitly expressive puppets per se, but you you definitely got a sense that they they were nefarious. You know, whether whether they you know it's like it's a teddy bear, but it was a very you know <laughs> nefarious teddy bear. Like you knew he he meant you ill will. You know when you when you you know kind of saw him on the screen. I, I I feel like saying when you look at the teddy bear's eyes, you know he he meant you ill will. So I don't know if that's a subtle way that the the people who design the puppets, you know, just you know kind of design their eyes just ever so slightly, or if it's just a testament to the you know the puppeteers and the way they position the you know the puppets in the in the kind of action scenes and everything yeah it's always nice when you take something that's very cute and cuddly and just like turn it to like that's the day the teddy bears had their perk well i i guess going back to what you're saying is how how even though the show in japan is for you know kids and teens or whatever like for me it, it elicits memories of things like child's play or you know twilight zone episodes like you know where the, the episode with the dummy you know where it, it it's just a creepy thing you know he's, he's he's talking and coming to life and all that kind of stuff just stuff that that creeps people out and, and yeah. so i think along those lines you're like oh you know some puppet that is you know moving around on its own accord is always going to be a little creepy. Yeah, that, that's that's always a really good, like, horror kind of thing, where you can take something that's very innocent and very everyday. It's like, it doesn't have to be this giant demon with, like, fangs, and, you know, you know it's going to kill you. It's like, okay, that looks like it's going to kill me. But then you just take, like, a teddy bear, and you're like, a teddy bear? That's, oh, my God, the teddy bear's attacking me, you know? <laughs> yeah, Definitely. So, yeah, I think I discussed this in the last episode, but, yeah, uh, episodes three and four of Die Ranger are pretty much never used in Mighty Morphin whatsoever. There's about a 25-second scene or less from, <laughs> from, from this episode that is used entirely, and you'll find that in season two, episode 21 of Mighty Morphin called Zed's Monster Mash, where uh, the key jester, 
in this case known only as Keymaster, is he's the keeper of the Dark Graveyard Dimension. So yeah, if you're looking at the Dire Ranger episode here, about, let's say, 17 minutes in, you'll see the scene where a door approaches him, and he's fiddling through some keys, and then opens up the door. Or in this case, he's locking the dimension so that Tommy doesn't get out. And that's all we get of the monster in uh, Mighty Morphin altogether. And you never see him again. Do, do you think this is going to be pretty much standard for a few more episodes, mainly because of the obvious fact that they don't have the Dire Ranger costumes? Well, there are uh, a number of other Dire Ranger monsters that were given completely different roles throughout the show, and those will come up in future discussion for sure. And also, I mean, like, you know, as been stated, I mean, we're going to have plenty of, like, Zord footage because, you know, as, we, as we've already stated, the... the quote-unquote dra- red dragon zord is already he showed up in like the first episode so i mean <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna have any shortage of easter eggs i'm sure at some point so maybe that's one of the reasons that they didn't bother using this episode at all is because well one the plot was really really dark like sure saban could have just done their own thing but then here you've got key jester who never takes on a zord and the Rangers in Mighty Morphin haven't changed at all. They've still got the same weapons and everything, so ultimately it would have been kind of a how do we make a plot to this monster? What exactly is he going to do? You know, what, what's the whole thing? Lord Zed just decides, oh, I'm going to zap this key and it's going to turn into a monster and I'm going to have him <laughs> go out there and attack the Rangers and then they form their power yeah, faster. I, and, I, I can ooh, see the episode now. Go. It's like, oh no, Zach left his keys at home. Dun, 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 dun. It's like, buddies, go get me Zach's keys. You know, <laughs> yeah. Billy padlock his bike to the frame and he can't get home. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Merge the padlock with Zach's keys and we have a monster. <laughs> But, but however, it, it, all things considered, I, I, it was it was a good episode. It was fun. I mean, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah it's not gonna like rock my world. It's not gonna be like something I'm gonna like suggest to everybody. But if you do like Sentai or Power Rangers, it, it's fun. It's totally like a good little like you know, you don't feel bad after watching. You're not like oh that was shit. You're just like no that was, that was fun. You know, it was a good little. Time. Yeah, well, I mean, as as Daigo's spotlight episode, he had a nice little arc in it. You know, he learned something, and he's he's a better die ranger for having gone through that experience. And and in in that sense, it's also a positive because you know nobody no, no child had to permanently die or be in a coma forever for that lesson to to be learned. So so all in all, like it's it seems to be a a nice episode. I think we all seem to enjoy it. And I guess that concludes this podcast on Sentai Saturdays. We hope you liked listening to the show. Uh, you can send us comments, questions, emails. Uh, you can yell at me for not saying Kaiden Beast and saying Zord all the time <laughs> at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, <laughs> signing off. <laughs> this is Tony. Kiki, 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 kiki. And this is Jan, it's Morphin Time Air Hammer. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>
I'm just, I'm just dreading when we get to the point of like Car Ranger because I have this bad feeling Derek is going to bring out the the fucking the Busta thing a whole lot. <laughs> Busta. Busta. 